Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is author, entrepreneur, and speaker, R. Sean McBride. Sean, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, I am too. I am too. It's going to be fun. Um, so I just wanted to welcome you to the show and then um, dive right in and ask you a little bit about your your journey, your, your professional journey, because you have really... Um, you're, you're one of these rare folks that's pivoted. You started out in the law, the legal profession, I believe, and yep. have gone on to do all these other really cool things. So kind of walk us through that. Yeah, I've had a couple pivots in my career, and it's all been kind of an evolution. So actually, I don't know if you want to count it as a pivot or not, but I mean, I started as an accountant. I studied accounting as an undergraduate, and I did very little accounting when I decided I wanted to be a lawyer. So um, got the undergrad, finished up in accounting, then went to law school took the CPA exam, got that license, but I never really fully utilized it. Uh, then I became a lawyer, did the big law firm thing for many, many years, uh, 10 years in the biggest law firms in the country, really seeing a lot of interesting transactions. But there was something there that was just, you know, in me that I wanted to do something bigger and different. I wanted to impact clients in a different way. And I think at that time, I didn't fully appreciate how to do that or what to do next. And that led me to start my own law firm. Uh, and that was great. Changed my client base a lot. Went from big international clients um, to where, you know, I was just part of a team. And I only knew other people on the other side, the client, part of their team. I didn't really have a relationship generally with the owners or the control people because these were big companies with boards of directors and CEOs running around. And I'd rarely get to interface with those people. And I moved to a size where I started dealing with a lot of private businesses and great relationship with the clients, got to know them, understand their business, which really made it a more satisfying experience. And then I started doing a little bit of speaking and I found I started to meet a lot of great people when I was speaking. People, you know, I would open issues up, I would talk about things, it would help clients find what I was good at, I would help explore the issues that a lot of businesses had that they didn't know they had. And over time, the speaking has evolved, and it went from me more of a pure legal speaking to a business speaking model, and which opens up some business strategy work, a couple of books I've written about different parts of building and executing business plans. And so now I am kind of have this general umbrella of helping people with building and executing their business plans, which can run the gamut from consulting with people on time management, doing negotiation workshops, going in and negotiating on behalf of a client in a legal situation or writing their legal documents or consulting of how you put partners together. It really goes into a lot of different directions. But I've, I've, I've come up with multiple different ways of really helping clients with whatever their needs are. Now, that's really awesome. Did you have that vision like way back at the beginning or has it evolved? I'm always like curious about people's, um, I guess, uh, like perception of success because you could have easily just stopped in in the first yeah. rendition of the legal you know career and, and been like okay this is it I've it's the American dream you know I'm successful like what keeps you going right. and how did you get that overall vision 
you know, I tell people there's a thousand different ways I can make a living. Maybe there's more than a thousand. There's a lot of different ways I can make a living. And I like helping people. And so one of these things that burns in me is how can I help more people do the things they want to do? And so I'm always looking for that. So as time's gone, as time has gone on, as I've learned, as my business has grown, I've started to see new ways to help people. And one of the things I learned is as a lawyer, people unfortunately always come to the lawyers late in the game. Uh, you, you would be surprised or maybe you wouldn't be surprised how many times somebody calls me up and they're like, yeah, we signed a letter of intent and we're going to do this merger and uh, the merger agreement's coming from the other side you know, next week and we want to get you engaged so you can negotiate that agreement. And I just, I hit myself on the head and I say, you know, if this client had called me two months earlier before they signed the letter of intent, I could have negotiated things and framed this transaction in a whole different way and, and had impacts that could have, you know, been millions of dollars on the transaction value. But because the client wanted to save, you know, 5000 or $10,000 in legal fees, I'm now boxed in where I can't help them save, you know, the million dollars I could have saved them if I got a call a month earlier. So part of this was just watching what was happening in the market and what clients were doing and saying, I need to, I need to interface with people sooner to help business owners protect their value and do the things they want to do. Uh, it was just a frustration of being in that standard lawyer role and getting the late calls and then just, you know, seeing that I could have done so much more if I had had a different relationship with the client. So that's part of what happened here was to, uh, interface with people a different way and, to help people even more. So just as time's gone on, I've seen more and more ways to help people. That's awesome. Have, have, have you been seeing some impact, you know, since you started to get that message out there? Are people actually making yeah, those calls I mean, earlier? Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, people see me in a different light. I mean, they see me more as part of the strategic team. And, and when, they, when I interface with them, when I speak at a conference, when I go different places, when they start seeing me as being that, advisor that can come in earlier that can help them structure the transaction and really win the day that's that makes a big difference now a lot of times people call me and i've been preaching this message for a long time but you know call me before you sign your partnership agreement not two years down the road when you and your partner disagree and there's a lot of tools i have to help people get those things done correctly at the beginning and lay a solid foundation or find out that you shouldn't even be partners with the person but the time to find that out is at the beginning before you start investing years of your life into it rather than wait two or three years and have a collision with your partner. So it's just, yeah, because I've been getting the message out there sooner, people have been interacting with me sooner. And so it's made a big difference in the impact I've been able to have with my clients. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, so I, I just want to backtrack slightly to these pivots you've made in your career and you started putting yourself out there as a speaker and there's, you know, a certain amount of, I guess, um, vulnerability or something that comes along with that when you begin, you know, writing your books and, and speaking publicly and, and all of that. Like, did you ever have to deal with any kind of fear or um, did, are you just oh. one of these superhuman people that <laughs> doesn't no, have that? I'm not superhuman. Definitely not. Um, you know, now it's very natural for me to get on the stage and I feel comfortable in a lot of different situations. 
but that certainly was not always the case. I mean, I remember maybe even maybe it was about three years ago because I've only been I, I've really been intense on speaking for the last three years or so. And there was a time when I was first starting speaking and I got sent to a rotary club and I had problems with my slides, which is always a common problem, particularly for new speakers. Um, and, you know, I was still afraid to get out from behind the podium. and I wasn't making great eye contact with the audience. And, you know, it just was a chore to speak and I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And, of course, after I did hundreds of speeches and got into more and more organizations, and for me, I'm better in front of a bigger audience than a smaller audience generally. Uh, as I started getting more of those opportunities, it really did change my view on speaking and my confidence level went up. But, no, it was not natural. It was not inherent. It was very much a learned skill. Lots of meetings. In fact, I had one meeting with my um, speaking coach. My speaking coach came and watched me speak great guy but he uh took me aside afterwards and gave me such a long list of things i needed to improve that i actually stood up and walked out of the meeting because oh i said That's, i gotta go you know i mean because this was going on for like a half an hour i had that many problems with my speaking at that point and you know to now looking back they were all things that needed to be addressed they're all things i've improved but at the moment when that laundry list came at me i just stood up and walked out i couldn't take it all Oh, that's great. so. That's interesting that you use a speaking coach. What? How? How long did you use one for? Do you still use one? Still use one, and I think that that's that's important. You know, uh, I still have. I still send film. My speaking coach doesn't necessarily go to all my speeches because I travel nationally to speak now. But if I get film of a event, I'll send it to him. If I if we're in the same city, he'll come. Uh, and I also sometimes have other speakers sit in on my speeches, you know, and that's not traditionally a professional speaking coach, but, you know, another speaker who has expertise can come in and watch me and give me ideas. I think, you know, all of us should be honing our craft repeatedly. And I do that as a lawyer too. I mean, I still continue to go to continuing education programs. I bounce ideas off other lawyers. I compare notes with other lawyers. Uh, the world is changing around us. It's evolving. And, of course, I think all of us always have room for, for improvement and and development. So I'm constantly looking for how can I be the best in the market and how can I stay ahead of everybody else. And part of that is to have other great colleagues around me that maybe have a different style. They're doing other great things, but we're helping each other be better. Hmm. No, that's great. And one of the ways that I guess you have um, come to stand out in your uh, market is is by these outrageous suits that you um, are sometimes seen to be wearing at, at certain events. When I saw you at an event a couple of weeks ago, it, it was, I don't know if it was a Mardi Gras suit. It was like a pretty crazy yep. diamond pattern suit, I, th- yep. I think. Yeah. Purple yep, and yellow and and yep. different. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of the theme that came out of that. And that, that was an evolution too. I listened to people and quite accidentally I wore a rather unusual suit to a tacky sweater party. Uh-huh. And people loved it. You know, people came up and they wanted to take my photo and they were interacting with me and they were smiling and having fun. And they were really paying attention and of course over time you know that led to more conversations and 
people came up to me afterwards and said, people really like your suits. It's interesting. And, you know, at the time I didn't, I, I don't want to be known for my suits, but at the same time, it opens the conversation of do business differently, which is one of the constant themes that runs through all of my work. And all these years, as I've been working with people, I'm always asking people, what's your vision? What's your dream? Why are you building this company? How does it interface with your life? And I think everybody's got a unique set of goals, a unique set of balance. And I've always encouraged people to be themselves in business and to build the business around who they are, because I think that leads to a more successful business. I just never had words or a visual around it. So as I listened to the market, as I looked at my work, the idea to have a theme called do business differently came out of it. And that leads to, you know, these suits with this, with the attire and encouraging the message to everybody of think about how you can do business differently. And I'm not telling everybody to run out and buy, you know, a multicolored bright suit that people are going to see you across the room because that's not everybody's way of doing business. What I'm saying is go back to your business and figure out what's unique and different about how you manage, how you interface with people uh, how you get your work done and do business that way because we're in a market where you have to be unique, you have to be different, you have to present your value. And, uh, you know, that's part of just, that should be part of any fundamental business plan, any plan that we're building and executing. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the messages I got from that entrepreneurial event that uh, we both attended is um, this idea that we are disruptors, you know, we are the idea that I hope the thought leaders, you know, the, the ones pushing the envelope and uh, doing things differently. So I think that's an important message. And is, is that whole thing tied up in the title you give yourself, which is chief innovation officer? It is. I mean, I think that's my job in my, within my, my business strategy firm. I call myself the chief innovation officer. That's the title that I've assigned, you know, being the owner and building the company from the ground up, you get to pick your job title. And when I was, when I was mapping the vision for this company, I really want to help people innovate and build something different in their business or innovate in their career. If they're in corporate America, you know, some of my clients are sales managers that are running sales teams and they just want to be more productive. I think everybody needs to innovate and do things uh, in unique ways to work with their personality, the styles, the teams they're on, the culture they're in. And I really wanted to reinforce to myself and to the world that, you know, we're in an innovation place. We, we need to innovate. We don't want to copy and paste. We want to copy. We want to, we want to learn from other people. We certainly want to see what best practices are, but then we want to do it our way. Yeah, that's a really important point. And I think Today, more than ever, that authenticity needs to come through. Like, you can't pretend to be somebody else. People yeah, you know, and I, that. yes, and I, and I recorded a video recently on, on my, my YouTube channel where I told people, you know, being different is authentic. We're, we're living in a world where, especially with online and social media, there's a lot of people trying to conform and to try to be in the middle range and to try to fit in. And what we found and what I've seen empirically is people that are themselves, that have businesses that are really sure of who they are, they have a very specific target customer base, they really have a very specific way of doing business. These are our successful businesses these days. And so being authentic, being different, uh, being showing 
part of really who you are will really endear you to a lot of customers because they'll say, wow, that person's being themselves, which is just getting to be very unusual these days. Yeah, I heard somebody say recently, um, embrace your weird. You know, embrace your weirdness, just be yourself, let it out. Uh, within I, reason, I think, I think right. you know, especially in the business world, but you do tend to attract your tribe that way. Well, people, everybody's got something, you know, and I was wearing that the day after you and I met, I the, the it was the, they, had a, they had the next day of the conference, and then I I met some people at a restaurant, and we were we were relaxing after the meetings for the day, and I was wearing another suit with hearts on it that day, and I was sitting there, and I I pointed out to my friend, I said we're near Capitol Hill here in Washington D.C., and there's a lot of uh, people that are you know either work for the Congress people or are associated with you know the Capitol and Congress. And so my friend said to me, does everybody have to wear gray here? And so I, I turned around and I said, hey, you guys all have to wear gray? And then these people came flooding over to them like, oh, my God, we love your suit. We've been wanting to take <laughs> pictures with you, you know. And one of, them, one of them got their phone out there and they started sliding through, showing me how they had taken this picture from across the restaurant. And tra- oh, <laughs> so funny. They could- posted on social media or whatever and I'm like it's cool you know let's take a picture together we took a picture together then the lady was like well I like to wear these uh suits and I dress up like Jackie Kennedy Onassis and she started showing me these stuff so she had this element and then you know she told me a story she said that she was at a, a function and uh had a CEO of a fortune 500 company and probably a fortune probably a fortune 25 company I mean a really really big company CEO of a really big company came up to this lady because she was wearing the Jackie Kennedy Onassis suit, and they actually invited her to dinner. So she got a dinner engagement wow. with a Fortune 25 CEO because, you know, she was just different. And so, you know, mm-hmm. people see that. When they, when they see somebody that's really being themselves, and you have to be comfortable in it, right? A lot of people say, I see the suit you wear, Sean, and I can never wear that suit. I'm comfortable in it. I'm, I'm okay with it. it you got to be okay with what you're doing, too. You can't just do something to do something. You have to do something that you're comfortable with. Yeah, you got to have that authenticity for sure. Right. If you've got that authenticity down and you're different, people get it. I mean, they, they want to interact with that because everybody's got their things. I mean, some people, you know, go home and they go fishing on the weekend. And some people like the kayak. And some people are, you know, Ironman athletes. And some people, like me, collect antique cars. Everybody's got their own personal interests and things. They've got their uniquenesses. And, you know, I think so many people try to bury that. And it just causes people to say, you know, what, 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 is this person real? You know, are they just a robot? And nobody wants to do business with a robot. I mean, our computers are already doing enough work for us. They're already doing all the automated pieces of business. We're now in a relationship business. And part of being in a relationship business is, you know, being present and interacting with other people. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, so you speak um, and write about a lot of different business topics. And uh, my question is, how has business changed in the last 20, 25 years? And how, what, what do people have to be aware of now that uh, may be pretty different from when they perhaps started their careers? And, you know, I know there's the obvious things like the computer and social media and all of that, but are there other things you can speak to as, as to how we are doing business in this modern world? Well, I think change is a constant, and I think that that is one thing that probably 
has happened. There's a lot of debate about, you know, is the pace of change increasing or not? And I've read a lot of articles on it. You know, I talk sometimes about change management. Of course, it's one of these things. How do you measure whether change is getting faster or not? But certainly when we're sitting here looking at, you know, automation, you know, potentially taking millions of jobs away in the transportation industry, uh, you know, as the next phase of this, for instance, that's going to fundamentally change an entire industry. And I think we all have to be ready for the fact that during our lifetimes, you know, we may see two or three sea changes of industries where whole industries are, are wiped out or reformed based on these uh, innovations and these changes. And what does that mean? That means we have to have broader skills. We have to have thinking. We have to have relationships. We have to have uh, the interaction with people, the ability to see connections that computers can't see because anything that's routine, a computer is going to do. So the days of, you know, having a job, sitting on an assembly line, putting together widgets, you know, th those jobs are, are, are leaving the workforce. Uh, the kind of jobs where you don't think as much and you do something more mechanical, those are starting to disappear and they're going to keep disappearing. We, we need to move into a world of innovation and, and that forces us all to be thinkers and innovators. And I think that's going to, I think that's fundamentally changing how we're interacting. And I think that's going to continue to change. It's our job to tell the computers what we want them to do and what is important to us as human beings. So the world is completely changing. I think that that's perhaps a good segue to my next question, which is um, about young people coming up in, in the work world. And I personally, I love speaking to college students or, or new graduates. I just yep. really enjoy that age group. And I always like asking people what advice they would give um, these young folks or what advice you wish you had had at age 20, 21, when you're you know, just beginning your career. You know, one thing I wish somebody had told me, if somebody had really shook me and said is, you know, this is this is your career to shape. You don't mm. have to do what everybody else does. You know, and I didn't get that message until, you know, I was in my 30s, you know, mid 30s. I, it, it took, you know, it took me 15 years more out of college before I finally got the message and said, you know, I don't have to do what everybody else is doing. I can just do things do business differently as my phrase ended up being but I can do things my way uh, and I can build a job a career a, a, an income stream around being myself and I don't have to do what everybody else does you know I went to accounting school and I didn't want to be an accountant so I became a lawyer and then I went to law school and everybody told me well you got good grades you're 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 smart you're doing well you're going to make big money you go work for the big law firms and I did and I mean, I got great experience. That's I, 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 part of me. I wouldn't take that back, but it didn't make me think broader about how can I be more creative? How can I add more value to the world? How can I express myself? Because, you know, a, a corporate lawyer at a big law firm, they do a lot of important work. They help a lot of people, but they're not changing the, they're not necessarily changing the world every day. They're not new value to the table. They're doing, they're processing, at least in the early parts of your career. Later in your career, as you start becoming, you know, a more experienced lawyer and you see things and you can direct your clients and open opportunities, maybe you do start to do that. But for the first 10 years of a standard lawyer's career, 
you don't get to innovate that much. Um, and I think that nowadays we all need to be innovators. And I think that somebody should have struck me and told me, you know, I, this is your career. To, this is your career. You get to pick how it goes. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I'm so drawn to your story is because you made those changes. You had the vision. You did it. You didn't stay in the, the maybe comfortable or normal career path. And and there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with that path if that feels right to you. But you had the initiative, you know, to listen to what you were being kind of pulled or called to do and, right. and made some changes. Yeah, as, as my, and it's interesting. It's, it's been a current conversation. My business continued to evolve. I'm now moving, you know, lawyering, speaking, authorship, doing a lot of writing this year. And now I'm starting to move into an online world. And people, you know, some people come to me and they're like, you're changing so fast, Sean. You're doing so many different things. And it's just, it's, it's part of the evolution. It's different ways of delivering the same thing. So for me, something speaks to me about constantly evolving and, and doing more and getting broader and helping more people. Other people, you know, they want that structure. They want to know where things are. And there's something to be said for that. And I think the two balance each other. I work, I work well with people that do a lot of structure and we become teammates. Uh, and so there's a place for that you know, in the new economy too. It's just, you got to figure out what, what you're really great at and how it, how it pairs off with other people. And if you can build teams, yeah, you can, you can do, you, you can go a lot of different directions, but sense what works for you, you know, sense why that's important to you. It challenge the assumptions of what everybody else is doing and figure out what's really you. Yeah, I like that. And I would add probably trust, you know, if you, if you do feel called to take action around challenging those assumptions, trust that that can be your path. You know, I think many, many of my listeners, I've, I've gotten feedback from people that, you know, feel kind of stuck or feel kind of um, scared to, to make yeah. a leap. But the rewards typically of really following your... Um, I don't know if it's your destiny or, or, or whatever it is, but, you know, really following what you're drawn to do are paramount. You know, they, those are, that's where the big rewards come from. Well, it, it's a long game. Let's, 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 let's be clear. There's, there's a lot of stability in, you know, just following that path. And when I left the big law firms, you know, I had spent 10 years in the biggest law firms in the country, a bit three different, you know, powerful, big law firms. And as I was leaving, I kind of talked to lawyers both in the law firms I was at, the law firms I used to work at, other law firms. And overwhelmingly, that's what I heard from these lawyers was, yeah, I'd like to do something different, but I'm kind of stuck where I'm at. You know, I've got a mortgage. I've got this. I've got that. They, they, everybody felt boxed in. And people were trading their creativity for being boxed in. So, you know, there is this feeling of being stuck, but there's different paths out. Some people want to get out faster and, and do a complete break, and that's one path. Some people build a business on the side. Um, one of my colleagues who's also a speaker and writer and uh, does a lot of stuff, you know, she's building her path out. She's, you know, cutting back on the day job and increasing the amount of entrepreneurial activity, and that's, that's a good path for her. That's what fits her. 
there's many different paths forward, and I've worked with people on this and built their career plans. You know, it's one of the things I help people with. But everybody's unique. You don't have to follow a certain path. But if you're seeing that, you know, you're you're locked up and you feel that your creativity stifled, you may as, you you want to start thinking about how you can make a move. And it doesn't have to be one huge move at one time. It doesn't have to be quit your job and start eating ramen noodles. It can be a transition plan. Uh, but a lot of people have a. I think I believe everybody's creative, and so I think yeah. And I got think a lot of the limitations come from our own minds. And so I do want to kind of ask you about mindset. And have you? Do you conscientiously um, set your intentions and and decide what your mindset is, or is this something that enters into your um, routine or your uh, your path? Is it is a part of what you pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about my mindset, yes. I know that I'm in a world of possibility, and part of that's just been my experience as I've done new things and opened new doors. It, this is kind of a momentum thing. You know, you do something, you step outside your boundaries, and it works, or it doesn't work a lot of times, but occasionally it works. And then, so you know, okay, well, if I step outside my boundaries 10 times, one or two of them are going to work. And so you start saying, okay, well, I can step outside my boundary more because, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20% of the time, whatever the number is, things work. So you start building this confidence uh, that you can you can innovate and you can try things and it's okay to fail. And that really does help a lot to have that mindset to know, hey, I don't have to be perfect. Things are going to go wrong and you know I'm going to still be breathing tomorrow and there's still going to be clients and things are still going to continue to evolve. You know, if I hadn't had that experience of failure and testing things, I would have never jumped out in the crazy suits because I would have said, oh, this kill my brand. I'm not, my business will be over and nobody do business. Exactly the opposite. People walk up to me and hand me speaking engagements because they see me in a suit and they want somebody to speak about it. But I would have never tested that had I not built the mindset to know that I can take chances. Now, one thing I'll say is if something's off and if something's not working in my business, you know, I'll stop and fix it. I, I think that stress and discomfort and having problems is part of the process. So one thing I caution people, at least from somebody that has a personality set similar to mine, is don't get so far into mindset that you bury the truth. You want to constantly be in touch with reality and what's going on around you, and you want to adjust to it. So no things are possible, no things are, are, are going to evolve, but also take your failures at face value and really assess where you are and say, is where I'm at where I want to be? And for me, occasionally it's not. You know, a project doesn't turn out the way I want or the ripple effects of something are different than I expected or something eats up more time or energy than I originally thought it would. I have to go back and revisit it and say, well, that's taking more time and energy than I thought it would. I need to make some adjustments. Uh, so... For me, the mindset is I've got a path forward. I know it's going to work. I know I know something is going to work. I just got to be open to hearing what the market tells me. I think there's something in what you just said that's really um, very common to entrepreneurs is that ability to keep going forward. Sometimes we call it grit or determination or or just bullheaded stupidity. I don't know. But it's it's not stupidity because it's like you said, it's assessing what's happening and it's finding a path, even if it's not the one you thought it was. But it's just, it's not stopping. You know, there's something about that momentum and keeping it going. And, and, and like sometimes I say, it's, I feel like I just 
sometimes I'm throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and then, you know, making it, you know, going forward somehow from that. And, um, but just not stopping, you know, not stopping ever, even when it's really hard, (laughs) like, especially, especially when it's really hard. Testing is key, right? We can all sit in our ivory towers of entrepreneurship and have dreams and visions of what's going to sell a fortune and how great a product's going to work or how terrible a product's going to be. Um, the reality is, you know, you need to sit down and, and test and not everything's going to work. Um, and I think the more experienced entrepreneurs know that they're just like, okay, you know, it's, it's kind of water off the duck's back, right? Something failed. Okay. It failed. And let's just keep moving. Um, so, you know, there, there's something in that knowledge of I can keep moving forward even when something bad happens. And I think that is a common thread among successful entrepreneurs is just keep moving forward. Yeah, I, I've certainly found that to be the case um, several times throughout my career. So, um, Sean, I'm looking at the time and I'm saying that our time is almost up, but I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to leave us with words of wisdom or um, thoughts or anything new and cool you're working on that you want to share? Well, I'm working, I'm working on a project now where we're going to help some international businesses get the tools they need to come to do business in the U.S. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm going to apply years of my experience to help, you know, a market that really, I think, could use the growth and uh, could be exposed to that. So that's a lot of fun. That's a new, that's a new endeavor for me. And I would tell people that are listening, particularly those that are stuck in corporate America or looking to do something different, you know, just start making steps. It doesn't have to be huge at first if that's not what you're comfortable with, but start stepping towards the life you want and build that vision and dream. Look 10, 15 years in the future. Think about what you want things to look like and then start taking steps. And you can really make a lot of progress. You, you'll, you'd be surprised how quickly you can start moving towards your goals and how much your life can change with just a little intentional effort. So if you're not happy driving to work every day to work in that accounting firm and you feel like it's, it's taking a piece of your life, start thinking about how you can break out and how you can, how you can do something that's more you that really lets you express yourself and unlock that, that life and that value that you want to give to the world. Beautiful. Thank you. Sean, how um, it's been great talking to you, and just how what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So uh, McBride for Business is my McBrideforbusiness.com is my is my business strategy firm's website, so they can feel free to go there. Info at McBrideforbusiness.com will get you through to our team, and then two one four four one eight zero two five eight is our office line. And then, of course, you know, I, I do a lot of videos and things on YouTube, McBride for Business. Uh, we have a Facebook page, our Sean McBride fans and audiences. So, you know, there I put a lot of free stuff out there for people to check out and to learn about these types of things and then to build their careers and businesses. So feel free to interface with me. We'd love to talk to more folks and see what people are dealing with and uh, help them along. Okay, fantastic. I will also put all those links on my website so people can easily find them. But thank you so much. And I really appreciate you talking with us today. Oh, thanks for making the time. It was great. Yeah, awesome. 
Thank you for being here, Sean. Thank you all for listening to today's show. My guest was author, speaker, and lawyer, our Sean McBride. You can find this complete interview, links to um, Sean's books and other web pages on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thank you again for joining us and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on turning your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.